Full service radio. Full service radio. Full service. Full service. Full service. Full service radio. Yo, what up, what up? This is Backpack Matt, and you are tuning into the All the Fly Kids show. I know for the past couple episodes, it's just been me, um, but we have a surprise today just to start. We have a few surprises, but we have our main man back today, at least via phone. Shout out to Geronimo. We have Geronimo on the show. Can we get a round of applause, Alexia? Anna Sokohorn. <laughs> hey, bro, what's good? You alive, my nigga? I'm, I'm, I'm alive. I'm, I'm well. I'm good. Hey, there's some shit going down over there. Just let me know. You could tap the phone via Morse code. You feel me? I'm saying, we're sending troops out. <laughs> nah, not even, man. Not even. It's, it's all good. I'm, um, I'm well. Um, just um, a lot of times in life when you embark upon certain journeys, um, you know things don't plant don't play out in a linear fashion. But um, I'm learning a lot about myself. I'm learning. I am unlearning. A lot of things that have never served me, and um, yeah, it's 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 all gonna work out in the end. And as a reminder to everybody, just reassurance: I will be back in DC. Um, so don't 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 fret, never fear. Geronimo knows we'll be returning. Uh, but I wanted to make sure I got on the line with y'all today because it's been a while since anybody's heard my voice, and um, it's a music conversation we have in the day. Yes. So I'm happy that you in the building, that you present because you haven't right? been present. You haven't nah, been present since be the 444 episode last year. That's crazy. So just, just to give them an update, where are you right now? Where do you aspire um, to go? Because you're giving us a lot of TI-isms right now with the, with the words. <laughs> a lot of lessons learned. So I need them to, you know, give us, give us just a, a quick recap before we go into the discussion and, and you know, introduce our guest today because we have some dope guests. But let niggas okay. know how you doing, bro. Okay. All right, cool. So um, where I am right now, I'm in New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, and I will be eventually making my way to Trinidad. The purpose for this trip in general um, is to do some ancestral work, uh, some spiritual work um, for my closest friends. Um, they all know that I've really become quite spiritually connected over the past years to change. Uh, I don't really want to go into the details of that. I want to keep a lot of that close to me. But um, there's some things I just have to take care of for on that end, as well as um, do some things with my family in Trinidad. Um, but stopping in New Orleans, that was the first stop I needed to make to just um, make some connections with some with um, some spiritual counselors and things like that. You know, a lot of people come to New Orleans um, for spiritual reasons. And um, not just for Mardi Gras and the Turn Up and Bourbon Street and Essence Festival and all those things, which I've actually done a very good job of avoiding Bourbon Street. I walked through there once. I was like, yeah, this ain't this ain't it for me. But, it's yeah. dingy. Um, it just smells like shit. It's, it, dingy. It, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely not, not the move for me. But um, I've met a lot of great people. Um, I have to say, along with the kindness of friends, the kindness of strangers has been something that's been really enlightening to me. You know, you often think that people you don't know won't won't help you won't be kind but um it even goes far beyond southern hospitality i've um i've been able to make new friends uh new acquaintances and just um get great words of wisdom from people younger and older than me and um just really just just taking my time with things and just knowing that i needed this um and making it work uh making it work both here and in dc uh i know there's a lot of things that are in the pipeline there so grateful for the definitely you matt for holding things down um all the fairground and everyone else that um i'm working with in dc um for just you know supporting me um sticking by me through this and again you know like i said i'll be i'll be back in dc very soon um just want to finish this out and once i get to trinidad i will definitely let everybody know um and send a bat signal from there and uh take care of what i need to handle there on the, on the familial side and you know be good to go so um so since yeah, you're so since you're on the phone i want you to tell okay. people where they can hear all the fly kids since that's usually me i'm putting oh, yeah, it on yeah 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 okay we can't forget about that part so um you can hear us everywhere wherever podcasts are heard wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts we are on all platforms um not on title yet you gotta get that invite so you know yeah. people get that invite for title but in the meantime in due time we're everywhere 
everywhere. Right. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, mm-hmm. uh, where else? Um, Mixcloud. I can run down list some other Acast. It's uh, <laughs> a lot. But we're everywhere. And um, speaking of which, this is episode 87. Um, it's one of our periodic music conversations. Music is the answer. Calling this one um, Fall Skirmish. Because okay. uh, even though I've been a little bit out of the loop of what's been happening in uh, the world of music and entertainment, uh, Matt is always plugged in and um, has come up with a great list of topics to discuss today with our two guests. Uh, we have our, our good man, friend of the show, Marcus Dowling in the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna need some applause and, and some soca horns, Alexia. I'm a, you know, we gonna work today. Alexia, both, come both on, girl. <laughs> Thank you. I don't even think Marcus is a guest anymore. Like, you know, you probably might as well be the third member. I'm but. just, I'm just family yeah, at this point. I'm know, like, front I'm of like the show. That's friend of the show. I'm like an and, uncle. Uh, and let's introduce our, our special guest today. Yeah. So um, again, as we um, started with our last uh, music conversation, we had Kingpin Slim on. You know, we're going to have people on the uh, performance side and music join in on these conversations to provide their perspective on what's happening in the industry. People so actually in the trenches. For yeah, real. in the trenches. Putting um, in the work. Playing the records, breaking the records, all of these things. You know, we got a we got we have a whole DJ. <laughs> it's been a while since we had a DJ in the building. Um we'd like to definitely introduce uh Mr. Malcolm Xavier. Hey. To the All the Fly Kids show. There Holding it is. It down. Oh my gosh. Holding it down for uh, What's Waldorf. up, bro? The applause. It's amazing. <laughs> Holding it down for Waldorf. Appreciate so, you coming, man. Appreciate y'all for having me. So, so I'm going to. You mind if I jump in real quick? Yeah, sure. I'm going to say you and Bacon Bear and Herschel, most relevant DJs in the city right now. Really? Mm. Can we get a soca horn? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I, I'm curious as to. As, there's a lot of DJs, so I'm curious as to why you would say that. Well, okay. You. You broke crew. We talked about that. Yeah, we did we the whole interview. Yeah. Um, you're on the radio. Yes. You spin records on the radio. Yes. That's, a real, that's a real job. Yeah. And that's the most important job still. Yeah. It's very important. Because DC is the last city that hasn't really broken mm. into mainstream hip-hop culture. Correct. So the old ways still matter here. It does. So what you and Bacon Bear are doing is important. Yes. Because you're young and you're hip and you're relevant. You're literally half the age mm. of other people that spin records yeah. in the city. <laughs> yeah. And therefore you have the opportunity to break records for people that are of your same age bracket. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And rehearsal, after rehearsal every time, every, every Friday of decades. Oh, and of course, decades. Bodying yeah. the hip-hop floor. And then as soon as you leave decades, you go right next door to Rewind. There it is. Exactly, downstairs. Get the tater tots. Oh, you, you've had them? <laughs> I had them. So you know. And then you go next to the Rose Bar and I see you. Yes. And then, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's a real thing, like... So we'll, just, talk about, we'll talk about hip-hop, but yeah, hip-hop is, is alive in D.C. and talking to one of the people that's most responsible for that being a thing. So let's just give uh, a breakdown of who Malcolm Xavier is. For people who want the full hour-long breakdown interview of just well, you know Malcolm's rise to where he is today, you should check out the For the Culture Radio episode that dropped, yeah. I think, last year. Uh, yeah, I, I used year, to engineer yeah. that, that radio show. Shout-out to... Kier, shout out to Jeremy. They're doing Let's Talk, bruh, now. You know, but before that, they were interviewing the likes of Malcolm Xavier, Little Bacon Bear, Bo Young Prince before he got signed to Def Jam. So big shout out to them. But just to give a quick recap, you know, you're from Waldorf, right? You're from the DMV area, yeah. right? You went to uh, University of Maryland, yep. and that's where you... I don't know if it's necessarily where you cut your teeth with DJ, but you started doing the radio show there, right? Yeah. 88 point, 88.1 FM. 88.1 FM, right? Since then, you worked your way into, like getting like a weekly slot at Velvet Lounge, right? And then that moved up to, you know, bi-monthly gigs at Ozio's. And mm-hmm. then you did Marvin's. And then I did every every single that, that, that would cheap, let me in. Heist, yeah, <laughs> so you hustled your way. And, you know, along the way, you know, you teamed up with Bacon Bear, Marauder, the rest of the crew here at Joy Club, yep. right? Um, and and just give give me a quick breakdown of what, what you would define Joy Club as, as, as well. Uh, Joy Club is... I mean, really, in reality, it's a, just a group of like-minded DJs right. that want to help push forward the culture in the DMV. Right. Um, I mean, it started with just us throwing parties, but now we're more focused on how can we curate um, and break new artists? Mm-hmm. How can we curate events that really make the DMV a staple area for, you know, people, you know, in between, you know, if 
you want don't want to go to Miami, you don't want to go to New York, you don't want to go to LA. You can come to the cool things that are here right. and experience it. Um, so that's really what it is. Um, we're not like a, a, a gang or something like that. Right. Yeah. But Collective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're 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 just like a group of literally just we're all friends that just came together and was like, oh, you DJ, I DJ too. So right. let's do this together. And we just added uh, uh, Kid Marvel. Um, hey, yeah, it's a good look. Gold yeah. Links DJ and um, also uh, M Jack Sounds, um, who's it's been killing look. killing it in the city. It's a really good well. look. So we'll be expanding over and, the next year. And although I do agree with Marcus that you're one of the dopest DJs in the city, I know that you look up to you know certain DJs like Jerome Baker the Third, mm-hmm. you know, so on and so forth. Like uh, y'all up there with DJ Money, you yeah, know, yeah. this past time. weekend OG at the Bobby Wally Johnson's Wally and Friends joint. Yeah, yeah. DJ Money is like one of my inspirations, and I've never even Money. Yeah, you know, for him, <laughs> one of the best DJ tags ever. Facts. Yeah. No, it really is. Which, That's true. Which I'm gonna I'm gonna just knock out the somber topic first, right? So DJ Money used to DJ for Mac Miller at one point, yes. right? Yeah. When he was also when Phil Day was on that tour. Mm-hmm. Yep. I forgot what tour it was, but it was, um, it was I think it was early. the Rose mixtape that Phil Day was pushing yep, at yep, the yep. time. And Mac actually had a feature on that tape at mm-hmm. the end. Or it might have been vice versa. Phil was on Mac's tape. So one of the two. Mm-hmm. But the passing of Mac Miller, that happened maybe three weeks ago. Yeah. I know in the world of social media and this instant gratification, microwave society, we've almost forgotten about that. Or we don't hear it discussed as much. But just talk about, because I think we're around the same age. And Marcus yeah. has definitely kept his finger on the pulse of hip hop. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, how much of a blow did we take or how hard of a blow did we take with the passing of Mac Miller? And what does that mean for hip hop? You know, I'll let you start. I think it's a super blow for anybody who's been paying attention to music for the past 10 years. For the mainstream, they probably don't know. The most they probably know is he dated Ariana Grande. Grande, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. Right. But for most music fans, we've lost probably one of the most positive and creative voices that we've had. Right. And we lost someone that literally going all the way back to kids to his last album when you look sonically every he's pushed his yes. own limits every yes. single album yeah. blue slide park was different than macadelic yeah and so on you know watching tv with the sound off every single album was progressive but different from the one before it. exactly yeah. so we don't have to me mac was like one of those artists from the 70s where it's just like he's just going to be here forever he's going to put out a new album every year and it's just it's going to be good it'll probably never be the big radio hit he might get one here or there mm-hmm. but he's just going to put out good music right you right. know continuously so the fact that we won't have you know in my mind i thought we were going to get you know at least another five years of, right of good albums yeah, yeah. and him torn you know what i mean yeah he just tore off the, the tapes that he did but yeah so the the fact that we lost you know somebody that can put more work out there the way that he was is is a huge hit right all right so so mac miller one of the largest L's in the history of hipster rap mm. with his first album. It went like Wale would. Mm. Like, yeah, nobody cared. That. Yeah. And the courage in Mac to actually learn how to rap and learn how to produce and learn how to arrange mm. and learn how to compose his own music yeah. is the thing that made him truly stand out as an artist. Because when you take an L like that, like he was on Wiz's team. Yeah. It was like Wiz and Mac. They were going to be signed, like, you know. Signed a roster. Yeah, they really. were going to be. I mean, Pittsburgh, excuse me. Yeah, they were going to be um, Method Red. Yeah. Back and back, back, back and back. Put out a hit, put out a hit, put out a hit, put out a hit. I remember the day that I got Black and Yellow in the mail from Arthur Pitt. Shout out to Arthur Pitt. And I was like, yo, it's a hit. Mm. Then I got Max. Blue Side, which was like not Black and Yellow. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as critically acclaimed. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. Well, that's good, but it's not black and yellow. <laughs> and it was like, and so it was different. So, um, so years have passed, and I'm um, making movies with the sounds off. It's one of my favorite albums of the yeah. last 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's incredible. Um, when Mac passed away, I got reached out to by Jason Hershorn. I don't know if you guys know who Jason Hershorn is. Mm-hmm. He was one of the architects of MTV in the early 2000s. Wow. So like MTV Cribs and that era, when MTV had like all the money was plugged in with the industry. Yeah. He does a thing now called Media Redef. I curate Music Redef every so often. Um, when Mac passed away, he reached out and was like, you're my guy for like hipster rap. So like, I don't know Mac mm. the way that you would know Mac. And people need to know who Mac is because he's still like an industry guy. Yeah. So I wrote his obituary 
which was crazy. That's that's very crazy. Because wow. the crazy part about Mac is that Mac never like crossed over. Exactly. But he's a star, and he's important right. because every okay. So the thing that you have to notice also is that when he passed away, they just had a they just did a, a celebration at a Blue Slide Park in which is actually a park mm-hmm. in Pitt, in it's Pittsburgh. They did a real actual event with every rapper, like Travis and every Action Bronson, everybody who blew up in the last 10 years off the blogs. Yeah. They were all there. Because Mac was like the guy you knew actually did work. Like there's a lot, and you can agree with this, there's a lot of people that don't do work mm. <laughs> who get on like A crazy, lot of people. Who yeah. get on crazy big but don't actually do work. But Mac Ooh. was the one guy who you knew did work. He did the whole thing. If you needed an engineer, like I'll just break down a couple things. Like if you needed an engineer, if you were in L.A. at 3 o'clock in the morning, and you're like trying to get your, your mixtape out or whatever, you could call Mac Miller. Because, mm. I mean, given his, his proclivities, given his, his issues, this man is wide awake. Yeah. And he's a slam, bang, knockdown, drag out, A level, top dog, producer, engineer. So he's he'll a come in. musician, too. Right? Yeah, he'll yeah. come in, yeah. he'll play your strings, clean up your track, get it ready to go, probably upload it to SoundCloud, do whatever. Like, he was that guy. So the, re- the reality of him passing away is like a huge blow to, okay, so if you're a fan of rap and like Travis Scott is like your guy, or like you're a fan of rap and like Post Malone is like your guy, they're a dude, like they're like left hand, right hand guy passed away. So it's like an enormous blow. And so like people actually felt it. So when you saw all of the RIPs and all of the Facebook posts and all the Instagram posts and all of the Twitter posts, that was real. Like people actually lost a person that they'll never say in, in real life mm. is the guy. But he was the guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, uh, for the sake of the conversation, because I want to hit a bunch of different topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to move on. I just have to make sure we have to talk about Mac. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is perfect. This is perfect insight. Yeah. But just switching the topic. I mean, cool. Geronimo, you're down in New Orleans right now. Somebody very famous from New Orleans just dropped an album recently. Mm-hmm. Lil Wayne finally releasing yeah. the Carter Five. Right. So I just want to, you know, I'm going to start with you, Geronimo, so you can, you know, chime in. But what did you all think of the album from what you listened? Have you heard the entire album? Has Wayne missed the step? You know, can we forgive the steps that have been missed because of the five year or seven year lapse of releasing or being able to release music? There's a lot going on with with Wayne. But at the end of the day, he was able to push the album out. It got out. He has control of young money now. Right. He's in seems to be in a better space. Mm -hmm. What do you think of the album, and what are we looking forward to in terms of Lil Wayne moving forward? Well, I'll say this. So, again, I've been out of the loop with a lot of things. I haven't been really tuned in. Uh, but from what I, my observations, I've been hearing a lot of cars ride by, uh, playing the records, playing the album. Um, it's a whole, uh, what is it? you got a whole dance challenge the now, up- right? challenge, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. My, um, my people up in Special New York, delivery. uh, they their um their little cousin she's like the dancer of the family she so i that's how i learned out learned about that challenge so i think man's Harlem shaking of, right. of course of course because you know people are always going to look for a, a a wayne release and be look forward to it. it's always going to be highly anticipated um my thing is okay now so wayne and i are the same age i would like to just know what he what his plans are just to just going forward for the next 10 years, you know, you're closer to 40 than you are 30. So in the game of rap, in the, in the industry of rap, you know, still it's getting older because it's been around 40 plus years now. Um, how is he going to be able to sustain um, and which demographic age group is he going to sustain for? Is he going to sustain for people our age in terms of like the people that are on, on this, uh, this episode right now? you know, spanning a, a couple of different generations? Uh, or is he going to just keep making rap that's appealing to um, just a, a younger demographic as in, you know, early 20s and, and, and younger, you know? So that's what I'm curious about. Uh, that's the most I can say, because like I said, I haven't, I haven't taken the time to really listen uh, to the Carter Five. But um, definitely, um, as with any rapper who's been around as long as he has and pretty much grew up, in the, in the in the industry um that's just something that i'm, I'm interested to to see 
and pretty much went gold in the first week. So I'm gonna move on to to Malcolm. I mean, and I assume you know, I think we're the same age. So growing up, especially in high school, Wayne yeah. was everything. He was that guy. Yeah. So you know, from that, moving through the whole Carter series, Carter four, eh, Carter five today. What are your thoughts, especially from a DJ? What are you What are you hearing from the ear? What could you play in the club? Like, what's going on? I mean, in terms of the club, uproar is the obvious mm-hmm. winner. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of. You don't seem too happy about no, it. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you tired you tired of hearing it? You tired of playing it already? <laughs> no, I, I'm not tired of hearing it or playing it already. It's it's going back to this theory that I was telling, you know, a lot of people a few months ago is that in terms of the BPMs, uproar is like a at like ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, we're moving away from the trap BPMs of, like, 60 to, like, 75. Yeah, and you mentioned yeah, that yeah. in the podcast last year. Yeah, like, yeah. you really study that, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, we've seen a lot of records from those artists that were making those type of records kind of move up into these records where people can dance and have fun. So I think Uproar is a, is a good take on that idea that we need to have more fun. Um, but in terms of the album as a whole, I want to take, you know a lot more time before I really come up with a judgment because you're comparing the Carter series is so there's there's definite classics in there facts mm-hmm. so I don't want to in in when the Carter 1 came out Carter 2 came out Carter 3 came out the way that we took in music was so much differently yeah. than where mm-hmm. we, how we take in music now facts you know what I'm saying you could really sit with an album for a month or two or 3 and not, you know, be over it and on to the next album the way we are now, whereas we listen to it Friday and by Monday we're, like, searching for the next thing, you know. So I think for me there's a lot of great songs. There's not a ton of stuff that's, like, club-worthy, whereas, like, in the past Wayne will have the singles and then he'll have, like, four or five songs that are just that good that you've got to play in the club. That'll stretch through Mm -hmm. the year in terms of radio play. Exactly. They don't even make it. They don't make it to the radio. They're just club classics right. you know what i'm saying i don't feel like he has that but then again i don't think we've anybody has actually spent enough time i don't think we've we've all collectively spent enough time it's like what 18 songs yeah well 25 i think oh it's yeah, 25. 25 exactly yeah. so oh, that's how many that's the one <laughs> yeah, 25 gee <laughs> yeah. you need like a oh, you need like man. five weeks to listen to that thing yeah yeah so oh lord okay. all right Up, uproar because it's special delivery Mm-hmm. It's a special delivery 2.0. Yeah. So it's it's 50, mm-hmm. it's a 15-year-old song. Mm-hmm. When you hear Swiss Beats voice on the track. Mm-hmm. It's like unfrozen club banger. Yeah. Like and then you hear Wayne like rapping like it's 2004. Yeah. Like it's like Fireman Lil Wayne. It's better than 20 other songs that are in the club right now. Yeah. Like, you could play it over and over again. Have you played it back-to-back with the original Special Delivery and the remix? Yes, I've done that. Okay. Yeah. Just make it short, Shout because that's G-Dab. the thing you could do. <laughs> and, okay, so, it's funny. I'm working on a piece right now about the 20th anniversary of the Rough Riders Day at the remix. Mm. So, mm. I've talked to Swiss Beats in the last, like, week of my life, which is crazy. So, um, there's a funny thing. They used to make rap records to give mainstream a sense of what the club was like so yeah. that the mainstream could like hear a song and be like, oh, this is what the tunnel was like on Saturday night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then at some point when festivals became the thing, we made rap records that sounded like the festival. Mm. So like Travis Scott's Travis entire Scott. career. Yeah. Right. It's the festival. <laughs> so we've gotten tired of that. And the fact that we're now that this record, because it stands out on the album. Like, stands out. Like, it's like nothing else on the record. It's the first time that we're now back to making rap records that sound like the club, but the club isn't like that anymore. No. It's, it's, it's so far gone. So, it's fascinating. Are you playing songs from... Are you playing bad boy songs alongside Uproar? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll do a whole what? New York set. I'll do a whole Swiss Beats set. I'll do all of that. Have it, but okay, it's, it's so truncated. It's my, not like you right, can Marcus, do rem- extended versions of... Any song. My my question. Marcus, remember Marcus, remember that 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 party idea you and I were talking about. It's, it's there. A year ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, you already know. You already know. You already know. But um, but no. So I have to ask you a question then as well, because mm-hmm. the only other song that is this level of dope, have you played the "It's Me Bitches" remix without R. Kelly on it? 
I haven't thought about the It's Me <laughs> to be honest. Without R. Kelly. Because you could do it without R. Kelly. I didn't even realize R. <laughs> R. Kelly was on it. Maybe because I haven't listened to it in a very, very long time. Yeah. Yeah, they started playing that one. Once that one dropped, they started playing that one. Oh, oh he is on it. I do remember yeah. his yeah. now. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. He raps okay. on it. Yeah, he does. So um, you can play that. I could. Because it's fire. But so. you know what? I, I play like Remy Ma, whatever. Okay. I'll go into like some Eve. I, I try to, because of Swiss Beats, I try to stay more like Swiss. Yeah, Rough New Riders. Cent- yeah, 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 yeah. Centric. So, um, and then a little bit of Bad Boy. And then but, yeah, briefly, I want to touch on Mona Lisa as well, because Mona Lisa is a top five Kendrick. Top five Kendrick verse? Yeah. Of all time? Yeah. Is it by, you know, technicality because it was such a long ass verse? Yes. Because <laughs> he, he did a story rap. Because yeah. Kendrick, the thing I like about Kendrick. And this is the thing about this record that I like, the Mona Lisa song on that album, is that when you ask Kendrick for a feature, I get the sense that he just looks at the budget for it, and he doesn't care because he's Kendrick now, so he yeah. can make Kendrick money, which is like mm-hmm. imaginary money. Yeah. It's like, oh, I would charge you 150000 for this feature, but it's you, Wayne. Yeah. 50000 and I'll rap for, just give me three minutes. Yeah. Because it's, it's the same thing he did, it's the same thing he did with Big Sean. Yeah. When he was like, oh, Sean, yo, you got this. You got this. Oh, okay. Well, um, just give me three minutes, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something. Don't, don't worry about it. I, I, I got you. But just give me three minutes. So that's what I feel like he does. And when you hear it, it's so crazy because it's like, I get the sense with Kendrick, too, because he's Kendrick now. So he's the best. He's like unequivocally like the best rapper mm. to like the mainstream. Yeah. Like not people that actually listen to rap records, but for the mainstream. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Kendrick's the best rapper. Yeah. So if you talk to like you know Susie Susie Cream Cheese and Sarah Sausage Head at the club, <laughs> they're like Kendrick's the best, you know. So anyway, yeah. So Susie Cream Cheese and and Sarah Sausage Head, you know you know them. Well, from your perspective, actually being like playing these records, yeah. and this goes back to a conversation we kind of touched on, but you mentioned like an ear for music. You have an ear for music. You produce before. Mm-hmm. You engineer right like yeah. a DJ. So, and before you mentioned like 60 to 85 BPMs, I mean, the trap era, like 75. Past, 75. 75. Um, two questions. One, is Mo Bamba officially done in terms of being the, Ooh. you know, the, the major record, especially after no. Electro? I heard it like it's eight just, times. It, when you think about it, it's just getting started. We were just that early on <laughs> right, it. Right, yeah, yeah. And you were super early on it, too. Yeah. Like, I, I remember hearing it maybe a few months prior to really blowing up yeah the I remember first tweeted time, it out yeah. the first times i was playing it was like back in february and i only yeah. found out about it because i did this event in vegas there's this book called all gone which like chronicles like streetwear for like the past year word so i did an event oh, lit. um it was norma now and i forget i can't pronounce the guy's the author's name but because that's the, what you do yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the book is called all gone so i mean Purple i sneaker shit yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they've been doing it for years. So did it at uh, Fruition, which is like a famous like boutique out in Vegas. Um, and then I started following some of the people from the event. And then the very next event that they did for the book, Sheck West performed. Word. And that was the first time that I, and that was probably like, that was in February. That was the first time I, I was hearing about him. I didn't realize and know, you know, between the connection of Norman now, like he had kind of taken off because of uh yes jewels mm, yeah uh he had performed at her party or the day trip dj'd her party and then that's right and they this, produced this makes so much sense day now trip yeah, produced yeah. this makes the whole thing just made sense to me yeah as yes jewels made that, that song as soon as happen, she said right? that right. yeah yeah he, she she had day the story goes she had day trip dj like her art basil party like december of last year and then they just played it and i don't know if it's like they played it and it blew up Right, because the song had been out like since June of twenties. Right. I saw it in like a No Jumper vlog, and I saw yeah. it, like it being performed live, and people just going crazy. And I'm like, "Yo, what song is that?" It's, yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's it's the baseline of the culture. Yeah. Okay, so the most vicious, vicious. Again, this is all colored by the fact that I've been listening to the Rough Riders at the remix for like the last <laughs> two weeks of my life, which is important. Yeah. This conversation important. in this era. So, Rough Riders Anthem Remix, when it came out, mm-hmm. sounded like mm-hmm. nothing else in music. No. Because it was like racing synths and like yep. drums all the way at the front. Yeah. Like, like yeah. As, a, as an engineer, you know, you push the drums up yeah. to the point where they redline. Mm-hmm. Same, mm-hmm. same thing that happens in the song. So, like, the Mobamba Mo, Mo thing, 
the vocals, the vocals and the percussion are on top. Yes. So it's like your ears don't have a chance to rest. No. <laughs> like, and you're caught by everything, and then the melody is up under it. So when you get tired, you're yeah. caught by the melody. Yeah. So you're caught. It's like you're caught up, and that's the baseline of hip hop. That's fascinating, because when you boil the thing down, you boil down like rap, past like the words and everything, to just like the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. There's a lot you could do with like really fucking vicious. Like conceptualization. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's so, so I didn't get it at first either. I was like Zed. I didn't get it. And <laughs> then I had. needed the entire uh, <laughs> timeline. Yeah. And then the I had to like. And then, the I chords. Had to, yeah, and then yeah. I had to stop. And then I had to stop and listen to it. Cause I'm like, okay, I don't get it. I don't get this. Like, why is everybody in love with this song? Cause I'm like, I don't get it. I'm like, it sounds mad generic. So then I had to stop and I said, okay. So then I went, I went, I went to decades. Mm. Because I'm like, all right. And I went the decades at like 11.45. Yeah. Because you could time it. Because, you know, you know when Mo Bamba like goes off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You play it at like 12.15. Game over. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to 11.45. I'm here with what, what, what Herschel. He's playing. Okay. 11.45. I'm listening to a set that's like all kind of like like the chill bill, like, you know, like that joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Like, you know, just kind of like keeping it real melodic, real chill. And then you drop Mo Bamba on top of that. And it just, the room is so on a wave. Yeah. It's so wavy. Yeah. And then you hit, you drop that, it's like, boom. Well, both of those songs, Kills everything. you mentioned Chill Bill. I, for, I forget the name of the artist, but they, they kind of touch on this primal energy in everybody to fuck shit up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. that baseline proje- pro- progression. But I wanted to ask you, Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you have, you know, being in the DMV, being on radio, being in certain clubs, you, there's certain... I mean, you probably can't dip into your bag that deep in terms of the music that you listen to, like in your, in your free time. Per you mean, se, all the time? In just in general? Yeah. Well, I'm yeah, not trying radio to radio. Yeah, or yeah, a club. yeah. Exactly. So there's like maybe you're not confined per se, but there is kind of like a range that you kind of maybe want to operate in. Yeah. The question is, say you're at one of these big festivals. Um, I forget the name of it, but the one where it's like fifty thousand people out and they do it like in Cali, Miami. Coachella? Not Coachella, uh, Rolling Loud. Rolling Rolling Loud, Loud, right. And you could, so you have a batch of all these new artists that you're probably listening to in Mm -hmm. your free time. After Mo Bamba, what are some of the artists that you're thinking automatically in your head? Like, all right, I can fuck them up with this one next. I can fuck them up with that one. And they're going to know the lyrics because they're, you know, of of that era. I mean, if I'm thinking just specifically younger artists and framing it in the way that you would, I would play like a Trippy Red, Bust Down is like a huge record. Word. Um... But I don't. I wouldn't. I don't frame Mo Bamba like that. I try to put it with other, to me, classic records that fit. Like every few years, every like four to five years, we get a record like that. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. Finito was the last one. Chief okay. Keith. That's yeah. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Okay. Then before that, it was Oh, let's do it, Waka Flocka. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's been comparisons mm-hmm. of Sheck West to, yeah. to Waka Flocka. So there's part. like every few years, and I remember Oh, let's do it. People were like, they don't get it, and I had this. It was funny. Like, we had this whole conversation at radio because I've been trying to get it on the radio since February. Where? And we have, like, this rating system in which we uh, put records on uh, to the mix show list. And I said it's a five. Mm. And they were like, a five? They're like, a five is a classic mm-hmm. song. And I was like, all right, give me an example of a five. And they said, um, all these songs, all these songs that you know now are classics. Sure bets. Sure bets. Like you know, it's gonna work every time. I said, "Did you think Oh Let's Do It was a five when it first came out?" Right. And they said, "No, absolutely not. <laughs> but it is a five. It's undeniably a five. It's mm-hmm. always gonna be a five. And I said, "This is the same exact thing. Right. And I know that you don't understand that it's the same exact thing, but it's the same exact. It's thing. like hard in the paint. It yeah. reminds me of Don't Like. Yes." That yes. carnal energy to fuck shit which, up. Yeah. <laughs> which don't like was funny to me because I didn't get don't like until because I'm, I'm like, I, like I said the last time we had one when um, Kingpin was here. Push T is one of my favorite rappers of all time, and when Push got on don't like, changed the whole and he was able to y'all like niggas fraud niggas right <laughs> and he was able to like do two different flows. On the same track, because I was like Chief Keef rapping on it. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever, uh, all right, fine. Like I don't, I don't care. 
But then when I was like, okay, this other guy gets on it who can who I know can legitimately rap. Like I know he can like bars, and he could also just like fuck shit up. Yeah. And he was able to do both. I'm like, okay, that that this song has, le- this song has depth and scope. Yeah. So the funny part with the with this Mobamba thing is that it just has scope. The song has no depth, mm. but it has scope. It touches everything, mm. which is a fascinating thing because usually these records that you talk about they have to have depth and scope. So yeah. like when. Lex Luger was producing all those records mm. like 10 years ago, five yeah. years ago. That was a good time too. Yeah. Lex Luger era. He, he made these records with great depth. Like when you actually like boiled them down to like the production it's of them, of you're layers, like, right. right, these are really great records. Like, like Ham was very dense. Yeah. yeah. That was a very dense mm-hmm. production. But this Obama thing just. It's right there in your face. Yeah, it's just right there. It's like, okay. I get it. Like, and it's funny because like usually I have to like listen and sit there and go, man, like what's really happening here? And then I'm like literally looking. I'm I'm like, I have to look at it on my computer with like you know like looking at it like you know like on like a, a level of like okay, what are the levels doing? And I'm like, oh, aha, yeah, that's super fucking simple. <laughs> if it works, yeah, genius. I mean, even to like, I didn't know what Mo Bamba meant. I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> and then I figured out, oh, he's literally talking, talking about, about Mo Bamba, the basketball player. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes it's right in your face. Right. But to answer your question, is it played yet? I just did a wedding yesterday. It's not played out. It's not out. played out. It's not the played out. The biggest song, like, I swear, like, <laughs> there's a lot of songs that were played. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to, there's the wedding songs. You right. got to play Apache. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You yeah. got to play the wobble. You got to play those. Yeah. I would say Mo Bamba in 10, 15 years is going to be like the song that like for people our age, when we hear it, it's like, oh my gosh, like that's our Apache or something like that, you know? Yeah. So, uh, Geronimo, want to chime in before I move to the DMV um, section of the the conversation? Oh, no, no, no. Y'all keep keep it pushing. Keep it pushing. All right, cool. So we, I mean, what can I say about the DMV? We all love it. You know what I'm saying? I think it's been very densely talented and a dense concentration. Got stars now. Stars, you know, like even the Wale and Friends show that happened this past weekend. Like, I, you know, it was really good to see people on stage like Manny Wells mm-hmm. and Annette James. I, I really like Flex Cartel and Biggs Cooley. I think their projects came out but didn't get enough attention that maybe, you know, maybe over time it'll it'll appreciate. But, you know, then Trelectro happened a couple weeks prior. You all yeah, had the yeah. Joy Club set, which was very dope. Yeah. Um, so my question is for everybody in the room, including you, G. Are we approaching a new DMV renaissance or the first DMV renaissance. Well, let and me let so, me and, let his, me jump. and there's a oh, sub question to that. If if we are, what parts are we missing, or do we need to strengthen a little bit more in terms of the infrastructure to get it where it needs to be? Can can I just answer okay. that? I don't want to cut you off, but I just no. want to answer that because I think we've had this discussion on what's missing, mm. and I said it was a producer mm-hmm. for the longest, and. I'm glad you said that, too. I'm really glad that's you brought real. That's real, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you for saying that. And part part of it, I think it's the producer, but then it's also we don't have a classic album. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like every other area, like we are in this, we, we, we are basically in New York in, you know, 1982. That's where we're at right now. We're in L.A. in you know 85 with discovery you know what i'm saying we're we're atlanta in 92 93 right you know what i'm saying we're in that pocket of where we're trying all the pieces are here yeah but we are missing one the producer to the classic album Mm -hmm. once we get both of those then everyone will actually care i'm gonna jump in i'm gonna jump in i'm gonna jump in with you on oh come on man oh no 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 you go g you go g G, get your shit off real quick Okay, so this is what I want to say. So um, it's funny that this was one of the questions because um, I was with some people yesterday down here and um, they were asking me, they were telling me about how in New Orleans um, uh, breaking uh, local artists is not a thing. And this is a city where they've had um, mainstream artists since the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, well-known, successful mainstream artists um, that two major record labels uh start here and to even hear in 2018 that the radio is not supportive of uh, local artists in the way that it should be um i was very surprised to hear that and i thought about how that was a conversation that came up quite a bit uh for many years 
in 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 the DMV prior to uh, the success of many of our many of our artists, whether they're they're, they're rap or R and B or whatever the case may be. And um, I do believe that I, I I like that analogy that you made, uh, Malcolm, with regard to you know these different regions that are now well known for um for for music in their own regard. And but when they first started. Um, just not having those pieces lined up. People ask, you know, well, what's DC missing? Um, I also think that, however, we are in a in a, in a renaissance period where um, that that homegrown following and support is now much more easily um, gained by artists uh, because, you know, and Marcus, you know, you could definitely attest to this. You know, when supporting. Long before, matter of fact, long before 2008, as Marcus always likes to bring up, long before then, you know, we had rappers uh, and we had R&B singers from from the region doing their thing uh, and 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 not really reaching, not having a whole lot of success, but um, still, you know, they had a couple of hits, but people really didn't bang with them. It was still like, oh yeah, I remember so and so. I went to high school with them. It was that type of talk. Then come around to 2008. You're looking at the U Street circuit, the open mic circuit, things like that. Um, the support was still um, very, very, very minimal, but very insular at the same time. Also, I want to I want to add in uh, uh, Everlasting Life Cafe was around that same era. That's when you had like people like Sir EU, yes, and yes. Cool Klux Klan, and cool uh, Klux Matt Klan. McGee, RML, people pop up. Sorry to interrupt G, but keep going. Okay, and so yeah, so even extending up there, you know, I could take it up to. Um, uh, Upshur Street. I used to go to an open mic up on Upshur Street back in like 2006. You know what I mean? When um, it was still just kind of like, oh, we gonna rap because Wale is rapping now, and you know this is the the most consistent and most uh, uh, attention a rapper from 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 this area has ever been paid. So now we gonna do it. But even with that, um, and even still, um, I hear Wale being played more elsewhere than in in uh in the DC area. You know what I mean? And that's a conversation for another day as to why that is. But um, I think Wale aside, but looking at a lot of the other artists, whether they've had major label success, they've had uh, mainstream radio success or not, um, we're in a renaissance because people are now seeing that, okay, this actually works. And we have talent worth supporting and recognizing. Um, and there's also room for it now, too, Um because, sad to say, um, GoGo has taken a hit in popularity mm-hmm. and, 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 and support. And I think people are now just saying, okay, well, we don't want to be insular anymore. We don't want to just be in D.C. We want to we wanna make a name for ourselves and be known and get our just due um, beyond the, the belt. Yeah. So that's my take on everything. All right. So um, the best DMV record ever just came out yeah like rap record at 100 miles and running that um one with uh wale and logic wale and logic oh yes yeah by far oh we didn't talk about logic it's not even close it's probably the best dmv rap record ever like as far as like a song that has mainstream potential and people could hear and say that both of the artists are talented and gifted and know what they're doing as like rappers and the production is solid, and from a conceptual standpoint, you know where the, you know where the sample's from. Yeah. You, you think can, it's better than Crew? I was going to say Crew. I thought you were talking about Crew. Okay. But I would say I'll say this. I'll say this about Crew. Crew set the standard. Crew set okay. the standard. More so than any time that Wale said New Black Soul in the last 10 years. Crew set the standard. Malcolm, you know this because you broke it. Yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah, you know, let's go back to that. It set the standard. Crew opened the door, actually opened the door like wide. Like it should have been. It should have been Lotus Flower Bomb. It should have been um, Pretty Girls. It should have been. We could talk about all the songs. It should have yeah, been yeah. the one that opened the door. But Crew, because it's it, it's so the DMV is gonna break because of R and B records mm-hmm. with 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 uptown rappers doing suave shit. Like um, um, Function, Cicero featuring April and Vista. Exactly. Mm. Saying we, that right. soul in it, yeah. That's what it is, because all the black folk left the D.C. We all, we all half bougie, 
and we all came up in hype beast era. I'm wearing my fucking dunks from I'm wearing these concrete dunks. Talk like eighty five. Just saying. You you got your enemy sweatshirt on. Shout out to you wearing a white t shirt in in the middle of 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 October, like it's nothing. (laughs) With your with your with your with your pink uh, you know, with your pink sweatshirt. I've on new balances. You real fly, right. That's what it is. I'm wearing my trapper's delight t shirt. Right. That's what it is. You can't you can't deny what it is. We've been doing this shit for ten years. You can't deny that there's certain things that just are what they are. Mm -hmm. We could change it up, but that wouldn't be us. But what's still missing? I think what's you still said missing? producers. Was, no, so that's I'll tell you what it is. Point. The producers. Okay, the, it's not even production. We don't give our producers enough. Nearly no, enough no, it's not even I production. Mean, it's not even production. That's the that's the funny part of the whole damn thing. Aaron Abernathy has an amazing band called Nat Turner. They play worldwide for Black Milk. They are made up of Howard University jazz musicians. Mm. They literally live down the street. I don't know why nobody uses them. April and Vista actually play instruments and april george is actually a great front person it can actually sing hooks like you know this mm-hmm. gold whole team knows this i don't know why more people don't know this i literally walked down the street and ran the jenna camille yesterday in woodley park teaching piano lessons i don't know why that's a thing well <laughs> i mean you gotta when that's I, what i'm saying right when i say a producer you gotta think like atlanta had uh uh, Jermaine Dupree that was able to work with everyone. But it's right? not a producer. It's a it's a it's a curator. Well, th- I mean that's your that curator. That's the key. It's you're curating the music that works. So mm-hmm. we need the person that could work with a, a Gold Link, but they can also go work with a Q the Fool. Right. Yeah. They can also work with a Wale. But they all they can have also, the same records. All they don't need. Well, they can have the same sound. You can do. We can do the DJ Mustard, it's the, Neptune. No, it's not even that. It, that but that works. Young Chop for Chicago. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We can do that. We can, I mean, it think works. About, think about Bad Boy. Oh yeah, it definitely works. It works. It definitely. <laughs> like, it's the smartest way to do it. But you need LA somebody. Baby face. But you need someone that is going to do it, and that's what will draw the attention for everybody to look and say, "Oh, okay. I want to sound like that." Because here's here because we have this conversation every couple months, and it's funny because it gets better every couple months. People look at the city now. You know this. Mm-hmm. People, people actively look at D.C. now like for real, like with real looks. The only problem that people, when they look at D.C., they don't get is they don't see the organization. Mm. Yes. They, they see don't, the pieces. They though. see the pieces. pieces Everybody there. sees the pieces. And they, they, and they steal the pieces the same way that Rick it's Rubin the, did in 85. Yeah. It's the this, pipeline that you build from those pieces. No, it's not even the pipeline. It's the fact that if the pieces aren't organized, you can steal them. And pay them once mm-hmm. and abuse the sound and take it to LA, take it to Austin, take it to Nashville, take it wherever. Well, that leads to a, kind of another question with that. Like, what's her name? Asian Doll said some, some bullshit a couple weeks ago that people for some reason blew up over where oh, she Oh, yeah, said I didn't that. even know who she was before right, that. Right, right. Saying that, you know, the DMV <laughs> sound was Doll. stolen from Atlanta. And some people have even said, That's like, the lie. DMV sound has been stolen from Chicago drill music. That's I can lie. understand maybe taking, you know, flipping certain aspects of it. But what would we describe the DMV sound as? Because some people would say, like, the big flock cue the fool black fortune type of cadence of rap but there are so many other rappers and artists in the dmv who don't rap with that cadence without without a classic album you can't say anything yeah okay so you don't we don't have a precedent basically can i jump in on this because this is the moment where i talk your shit where i get real mad i'm gonna get real mad for like half a second there are like five artists in the dmv who need to be making like classic eps right now because nobody has the time to listen to an album there's like five to eight records seven records but babio baggins needs a classic ep i love her on instagram love her content like everything double click everything april and vista put out a great Facts. record but they need a greater record because i know they have it in them Wale needs to just like deport to 14th Street and hang out at, you know, the, stu- the, the Beyond Studios down the street for like six months and make a classic EP with everybody in the studio. Get Paris back, get Alize back, get every you there, get Bacon Bear there, get a whole mess of, fi- get a whole mess of fried chicken 
and chill every night for like six months. Call everybody into the studio and make like eight dope records. Well, back to the Mac Miller point really quick. One thing about Mac Miller was that community that was going on in L.A. You had Mac Miller, Earl. You had Alchemist. You had Action Bronson. You just had keep this it going, shop. Keep it going. It was just this long ass. You had Prodigy. Rest in peace to Prodigy back when he was still alive. Yeah. People just constantly coming into Alchemist's crib and producing. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Dope music. It's just having people corral and community. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I mean, maybe I'm, events like the I'm Wale and Friends that provide that. On top of that, on like top that. of that, I, I, I want somebody to just throw Ross W a stack. Just throw that man a stack. We had a real conversation. These are things I have to say because I, I get mad. We had a real conversation on the G8 one day. I was sitting on the G8. I had gotten done with the interview. I interviewed somebody. I saw Ross on the G8. I said, hey, Ross, what's good? He's like, man, I'm mad. I want to be doing more. I'm like, all right. Well, what you going to do? What you going to do? And then he pops up in his homeland, but he still can't get on here. Somebody just throw this man a stack. Like, somebody's sitting on a stack. We're sitting in the middle of the line hotel. Jesus well, Christ. I man. think Rico could drop a, a crazy seven-track EP. Rico Nasty, Kenny, but, yeah. Rico Nasty needs to do something. I think that Rico, Rico needs to do the thing where Rico just... Okay, so it's the point about artists like Rico Nasty and artists like Caliuchis people that are actually from here we got like five to ten minutes so like we right 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 so i just want i'm just gonna finish up by saying artists like that that got up and got on the plate and went to la and went wherever the hell else Mm -hmm. just come home for like three weeks like i've seen like 47 hype piece artists just walking by the front window here at the line you could do that the infrastructure isn't here but for them to come back but but it is but it is though la has Hundreds of studios. I don't care. That's a great point. I don't care. They're, you just need two. Not, the city, not, not the for city. as many artists we have. No, but the artists that need to be making the records that change the game. You only need like two or three studios. You need like Blue Room. You need like Beyond. And you need the, the, the place out in... Um, Q. Q. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And you're good. I would say, well, for one, Rico did do the pop up with Gurla. Shout out to Gurla, Damo, Trap Bob, and uh, uh, shout Marley out to Nicole. Hey, them. girl, Nicole, Nicole, as always. But you know, OG. so so there are you know collectives like even Joy Club is doing stuff like that. You know, what I'm saying just touching the people, bringing in artists to 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 actually touch the people as well where they're from. But yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of agree with Malcolm in terms of more infrastructure. Like you don't necessarily need a thousand studios like Atlanta, but I think Atlanta is a great case study. For what can happen when you just have studios where people can just commune at. Sometimes the music isn't always being made necessarily, but the mm-hmm. connections and the relationships and the environment, that's how you can kind of congeal and create a new sound or a new evolution of a sound. I don't know. What would you say? I, I mean, I think that's important. I feel like we do that. If you look on any rapper's Instagram, there's usually a rapper with 10 other rappers in the studio. Um, I just think we got to focus on actually making classic pieces of work and not just putting something out so that you can go on tour for right. you know, yeah. the next 20 yeah, like, minutes. We need a DMV equivalent of a QC. You know what I'm saying? Exceed, like, exceed the standard. Exceed yeah. the standard. Because, I mean, the reality is I don't think Q the Fool is concerned with putting out the next you know, Good Kid, Mad City. Right, yeah. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Not to discredit him or his talent, but he doesn't that's not like where his listeners are at either. You know what I'm saying? But they are. Hmm. Because they still listen to Kendrick. They right. still listen to J. Cole. They still listen to all these other artists. Right. They're not just listening. And they, and they look at those people as a benchmark, too. Exactly. But, I mean, I listen to the Kendricks, the Coles. I've listened to Q's project. I listened to it a couple of days ago. And I'm just, I'm, you know, but I'm able to silo and be like, I appreciate Q for the energy that he brings that a Kendrick and a Cole and, a, but, and, and others cannot. But you but get Kendrick is surrounded in the stu- Kendrick's looking at it, Schoolboy Q in the studio and Q's like that verse ain't fly, dog. And these guys have rappers in their studios as well. But not on that level. It's not the same thing. If okay, if if Wale made a made an album and was staring actual artists in the face, mm-hmm. and I say this because you know Wale just like I know Wale and we know people. Yeah. So. You need that connective point where you're staring the person in the face that is your creative paramount. Yeah, yeah. Like, all right, is what I'm saying actually dope? Is this track actually fire? It's like the one thing that I compare it to is like in Atlanta, when Atlanta was popping off. When, Atla- when Outkast made Southern Playlist to Cadillac music, Andre 3000 at the stairs, CeeLo Green in the face, 
and make sure the player's ball was fire. That's real. Nobody's doing that here. But you can, and that's the problem. That's the thing that has to change. Well, maybe because also, and I don't know how much time we got left, Matt. You got a few minutes. I talked to Alexia. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm put a period right here. I say this: um, a lot of the artists that y'all name is from that's from the area. Uh, I've been I've heard a lot of their music here, uh, especially um, the singers. And you know, I, I I think to be truthfully honest. Uh, somebody may have already said this. That might just be enough for them. You know, their music's being played by people who don't who don't live in the D.C. metropolitan area, yeah. and that could be just enough for a lot of those people. Uh, and um, what we may want, the greatness that we desire, or, or, or say that is is achievable, that that might not be something that they're interested in. Yeah. And you know what? And, and that's just what it is. So, Matt, one more topic, and let's 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 close it out strong. I mean, okay, so I, I was going to chime in and say that I think in addition to all the things that people have said so far in terms of what we need or what we need to change, I think one thing in terms of what Atlanta and Chicago did, especially Chicago, was when these these songs dropped, they were accompanied with music videos. We don't have enough music videos. Yo, we need people to go on that we're, YouTube We're Six binge. Shooter at... Six Shooter, shout out to Off Bucks Films and shout out to Six Shooter and that whole, uh, what, uh, I forget the name. Cool, cool Kids, Cool, cool kids, kids Forever. Cool Kids, yeah, cool kids Forever. forever. We need more collectors, just as we have DJ collectors and talented DJs and talented. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop, venues. I'm gonna drop a knowledge bomb on everybody. First impression. Yes. First impression. Wow. I wanna, I just wanna say, Tabby Benet has a, yes. has a, has a, a, a photo shoot available to see on H Street right now. The fact that nobody's reached out to to be a boy Benet, who I went to. Sunday school with in the first grade, who is actually one of the dopest creatives anywhere in the world, to shoot a fucking music video is beyond me. I just had to get off my chest. And, and that's a great example because Tabby, like two of my favorite DMV music videos, at least growing up in high school, Pocket and Nothing But a Hero was a fire video for yeah. me. So, you know, Thanks. but I feel Got like. Got on MTV immediately. We, we have videos and stuff, but it's usually. You know, shout out to the people who are making the videos, but just as much as we need the DJs to push it and to like to shape the sound and the artists to actually create this music, we need more visuals because we need these young kids who are like 12 through 18 going on these YouTube binges. So, right? I, I want to point something out. And I, I, I kind of wanted to chime in and say this. That does exist, but it's not coming from some of the artists that we want. Exactly, yeah. Oh, I y know. Young Manny. I know. <sighs> One million views. I know. That's like a, yeah, that's from the ground up. real From the ground yeah. up. Literally, no help, no nothing. Just a kid in high school. I mean, the, right. the, the game is democratized now. That's the thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shabazz. Right. Tons of views. Shabazz, just, like, he just might sit down and it'd be a video. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it exists, but it exists for songs that don't necessarily matter they don't get the groundswell of support because you see it on dmv music plug all the time yeah the you know the, so, the, music plug, the, song, out. the songs get tons of views but the songs aren't hits right or they aren't um classics right they're just content right it's like it's what, just to keep you shout in the, out to the homie o slice who's making moves shout out to o slice this is what az productions did for like all the chief keith little dirk little reese yeah. videos but they were chief keith little dirk and reese they were hits right yeah but also chicago's organized also, yeah. you can also you could like literally hand the shit to Kanye or or Andrew point. Barber, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Fake Shout out to Fake Shore Drive, yeah. uh, managing Valet Drive. now, you know. So, yeah. But yeah, that that you know, but that evolution of people in different. So, I mean, positions. are you are you telling me that I have to I have to dust off my my laptop again and start blogging shit? I don't think it's blogging, but you need a you need an Andrew Barber. You need are a you QC. Me that? You need right. you need that one person that you can give it to and. Nah, uh, you're not telling me that, man. Can curate and also has a relationship. Yeah, too, I'm, I'm forty years. I'm forty years old, man. Don't tell me that. You got the connections. Damn, there you man. go. So, so two mini questions, man. right? Because uh, we're not going to do random aside, but um, just one mini question for for Malcolm. Mm. I, I I vision that you're going to continue to be a DJ, but what else is in the works for you, or what do you aspire to? To do based off these things that we're talking in the conversations, you're more than just a DJ. We knew that, but the world is seeing this now. But what's next for you? What do you aspire to be? Well, I want to stop DJing. Okay, talk One, about that real quick. Um, I want to stop DJing in the manner that I'm doing it because going back and just doing every club 
there's no it loses its value yeah where's the growth at a certain point right exactly diminishing returns um you're playing for the same audiences you're doing the same thing over and over okay and it's cool the money's fine but is it fun am i growing am i learning no right um so for me it's continuing to build joy club build that into really an empire i've i think i've said this to a few people but like i see joy club i see myself as like nego for bathing it word okay enjoy club being my bathing ape where it's like we have the music we have the clothes we have the physical spaces in which you can see what all of this is about the experience yeah right um so that that's it for me that's where i want to go dope all right so lastly for and you you too geronimo i want us to name one artist or one group that we're we are putting our stock into we are investing in from the dmv for the next five years, who is that artist going to be for you, Marcus? I mean, O Slice by far. Where? We need a female ah. MC who has a voice. Finally. That's Geronimo? Like- for me, I'm a name too. One male, one female. Uh, male, um, I'm putting my stock behind my guy, Kingpin Slim. Thank I've you. Been him. I've Thank been following you. him since 2009 when I first learned of him, when I first met him on 9th Street. Uh, he was on his way inside of an open mic. Gave me his his, his uh one of his first one of his early mixtapes, Five Dollar High, when he was going by King Penslim, P P I N versus P E N. And um, I'm also putting my stock behind Rico Nasty. I don't know. Every time from the day that I first saw her at this 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 event where I was entirely too old to be in at a uh, Blind Wino uh, months ago, last year I think even. And I first learned her. I thought Ricky, Rico Nasty was a dude. And she comes out I was like, oh, I, I I was like, I like her. I like what she's doing. Shout like out to Palmer concert. Park. I like everything. Um, and um, she went to flowers. I just I want to see I want to see her uh, reach mega heights. So those are two artists that I, from from the region that I'm putting my stock behind. Malcolm, um, I'm gonna give two. Uh, Matt McGee. Thanks. That was one of mine. Go ahead. Yeah. He's he's gonna have a very big year next year. Yes, very. You've heard, you've heard some of the music. I've I've heard all of it. Yeah, no, because yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I like how you speak with the shirts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Ike or Ike the Kid. Okay. Um, I went to college with him. He just got out of a very bad deal that he was in for like two years, where he couldn't put out any music, and he didn't stop making music. And to me, Ike and Matt are two of the best rappers ever. Word. So. Word. Um, I got one. I'm going to say Cicero. I think Cicero is a sleeper. I think the bite down record, the function record, the, the work that he's put in over the years. I've, I've been listening for a very long time and stuff with 30 Wop. You know, that whole movement. He has a collective. He has a production. He has Gold Link, April and Vista in his pocket. And all, you know, he knows he has a good ear for music. So I'm excited to see. Go ahead. Mike. I have one more. Alex Vaughn. Alex Vaughn is fire. Yes. She's back. She's not in LA anymore. Yeah. She's back. She's back. She's back. So okay, good. This good. is the I, if there's if there's anyone that needs to sit in the studio with everyone and just say, all right, we're just gonna make hits. It's Alex. Yeah, and I. Um, I mean, I I would agree with that. The first Alex, time I met her, her I just said, just, I looked at her and I said, everybody just needs to do one record with her. Exactly. And then we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. She. You know, what she reminds me of Ooh. Tony Braxton. I think Alex Vaughn, Yo, April, the same uh, Moody, thing, yeah. early, early Tony Braxton, yeah. So yeah, bring a ninety three yeah. bulletproof like we bring a ninety three back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, uh, Malcolm, uh, list off you know where people can follow you and follow Joy Club and come out to some of these events and and, and hear y'all do y'all thing. Sure. Uh, Twitter, Instagram for me, Malcolm underscore X. Uh, Twitter, Instagram for Joy Club is at Joy Club DC. Uh, you can catch us Tuesdays, Cloak and Dagger, off of 14th and U. Wednesdays at Heist. We are once a month at Big Chief. We're taking October off. Um, but Big Chief is probably our biggest party. We usually have around yeah. like 1,200 people. Mm-hmm. We, I, we turn down. We turn away 1,000 people or something crazy, which is like an insane number. And when's that, when's that going to take place or roughly? The next one will be uh, holiday time, November. Cool. Cool. All and right. I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. Um, everybody, go to autoflykids.com. As soon as you get on the page, the first thing you're going to see is one of the first uh, episodes of our other podcast, What's Your Drink, uh, that we do live over at Unconventional Diner on 9th Street. And uh, we're talking about drinking. 
uh, something that DC apparently likes to do a lot of. It's uh, yeah. it's number known, one. It's, it's number one for drinking the most hard liquor per that, capita. That's a real stat. Yes, States. That's in, a in, real in, stat. In, in the United States, and I'm in New Orleans, a place where they have twenty four hour twenty four hour bars, and DC drinks more than more hard liquor than New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah. So wow. Wednesdays, um, Wednesdays from five to ten, there's an all the fly yeah, kids there's happy, menu. There's a happy hour. There's a happy um, and hour. Then, um, um, when I'm in town, but in the meantime, um, AJ Johnson, um, an expert in, in in her own right, who we also had on the on the podcast, living legend, um, a, a while back. Um, she's holding the hosting duties down for me, but we're going to be, we're talking to DC's top bar and beverage professionals, uh, bartenders, bar consultants, brand ambassadors, distillery owners, brewery owners, wineries, whoever. Um, we got, we got 10 episodes in a can, man. I want y'all to drink better. I want y'all to drink better. Autoflykids.com. You can see, go right there. Episode two should be dropping tomorrow. We'll also have audio that we can put in the podcast feed. Marcus, what's up? At Marcus with the CK Dowling, D O W L I N G on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, I'm just doing stuff at this point. I've been doing this for like honestly, I've been doing this for ten years. And and now I'm just like trying to like take it to like the, the final level, whatever that looks like. So yeah, we're gonna see what that looks like and um just follow me. I'm I'm doing stuff. And once again, my name is Backpack Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at Backpack Matt and on Instagram at Mr. Backpack, M-I-S-T-E-R. Um, you know, once again, check out Setup Shop Episode 1. Guys, we've been working. You know, we've been putting in a lot of work. We've upgraded some equipment. We got some new relationships. We got a few setup shops in the work right now. So come, you know, late winter, you know, early spring, uh, be ready for some more fire. It's going to be exciting. And uh, once again, check out Unconventional Diner. We're live there Wednesdays. So if you want to come see us and have a drink with us and kick it while we record some episodes, you know, come out and do that. So, yeah. Thank you very much. I fuck with the growth. Yeah, it's crazy right it's now. It's all about yeah. growth. Yeah, that's all it's it is. You just got to keep moving, man. Malcolm, thank you for being on the show, brother. Thank this you, is guys. Dope, man. I appreciate it. All right, shout out Nicole. Peace. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.